Welcome to Our Parents Did What? A tour of the parenting perils of yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. Hey there, Diane. Hello, Jen. How are you doing on this cold, cold, crazy day in the middle of May? Well, it snowed today. Yes, it did. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, between the global pandemic, the murder hornets, the snowstorm in May, I mean, not snowstorm, but the snow in May. It it was a snowstorm up here. I mean, there wasn't any accumulation, but it was like blowing around like crazy. Yeah, I know. No, it was just flurries in New Jersey, but like. Like, I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. So in my mom group, we have a, we have an every Friday night, we have a mom's night in where we all like get a nice beverage, either an alcoholic beverage or a warm beverage or whatever. And we sit down and do a craft and just have alone mom time. And our running joke is that there's actually a fourth grader writing reality right now. (laughs) And he just thinks this is hilarious. Like, I love that. What can I do next? And every week there's a new thing for us to be like, oh, so murder hornets now. Okay. Oh, wait, tomorrow it's going to snow. Great. Okay. All right. (laughs) So it's great. We have a really nice running joke about it. (laughs) That's hysterical. I love it. Speaking of a of a mom group, do you have a mom moment you want to share? I do. I have a really good one. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I'm not gonna be able to remember the exact words that my daughter used, but I'm going to try my very best. The other day we were making dinner in our kitchen and all my kids were like around us, but all sort of paying attention to other things. And I looked at Joe and we just like caught eyes at the right moment. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to adult kiss him right now. Nobody's watching. It's fine. I'm just going to like lay one on him and it's going to be passionate and fiery and boom. And like, it just was, mm, it was good. So like, We had this really nice kiss that was, you know, like not exactly church appropriate. Love it. (laughs) And like Liam is looking up at us. Like we we turn to see and like Liam is looking up at us like, what are you doing? And Emma's standing behind us and we turn to her and she goes, disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at her and I was like, Emma Louise, I'm going to tell you something right now that might blow your mind. She's like, okay, mom. Listen, Emma, 15 years ago when mommy and daddy met, if mommy hadn't kissed daddy like that, you might not have been born. So, and she looked at me and she was like, wait, so when you kiss, you make babies? And I was like, <laughs> no. And Joe looked at me and was like, wow, you stepped right into that one. Mom yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I looked at her. I was like, no, 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 no. And she was like, that was a really big kiss are you making another baby? Oh, no. I'm going to have a sister. (laughs) You opened that can of worms? Oh, my God. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's back this up. Okay, hold on. So that's not how we make babies. We've talked about how you make babies. You know how you make babies. Like You guys acted this out with her stuffed animals. We've been over this. We've done this before. But she, like, was – and so as soon as she realized that I had stepped in it, she was just like, I've caught on. I know what's going on now. Now's the part where I get to rib mom. So for like the next 10 minutes, she was just like, oh man, every time you kiss now, a baby gets born. I am so excited <laughs> for all the kisses you're going to do. And it's like, she knew that that wasn't right, Yeah, but knew that it was annoying me. <laughs> so she just ran with it. 
You are going to have such a fun time with her teenage years. Oh my God, she's so <laughs> spunky. It's just like super sassy. So yeah, I don't know. But that, so that was it. How about you? I'm going to do two kind of short ones, if that's okay, that both happened last week. One of them I actually caught on video and posted on social media because it was so cute. My daughter, every time she's obsessed with the dishwasher, which I'm sure a lot of babies <laughs> yes, are. Mine are, yes. So every time I'd open the dishwasher, she would come like, you know, galloping Scoot over, over and yeah. scooting over yeah. real fast. <laughs> and then she wants to take everything out. And I get nervous because, you know, she goes to grab the plates and stuff. And like if there's a knife in there. But last week, Chuck like took all the knives and like dangerous things out quickly. And then like he let her go over there and kind of like inspect a little bit. And she started taking out each piece of silverware and handing it to him to put mm-hmm. away. I know. So it was sweet. the cutest thing I've ever oh. seen. And then when when there was nothing left, she picked or like I mean, there might have been a couple little things she couldn't reach. She picked up the entire like silverware tray thing from the dishwasher and handed it to him. And she did it so matter-of-factly, and it was so cute. She wanted to be part of the action. She wanted to be part of the family. She's like, I'm going to contribute. So wait, tell your other one, and then I have a really short additional thing to to share. (laughs) Well, this is really short, too. So my my wonderful brother, who uh, his job entails working with horses, and he's been obsessed with horses forever. He was like, I've got to get Rini lots of horse-related, you know, toys and stuff you know, cause that's his brand. Yeah. So he got her a unicorn book, which was adorable. It's called unicorn tales. It's like a soft book and each page has a different tail coming out of the side of it, like that's a great. wavy tail or a curly tail or a silky tail. And you can feel them. It's very cute. But then he was like, that's like the first gift, but the real gift is coming soon. He was like, Diane, I got her a stuffed horse that talks and dances and walks and I was like oh my god that's so exciting she's gonna love it because we have this bear that plays peekaboo when you press a button that she likes Jen I could not have been more wrong oh no I pull that thing out of the box and I press its ear to make it start walking yeah it starts to walk toward her she shrieks she runs behind my husband and she starts Hyster- she jumps in the air, hysterically crying, cowering, cowering. She would not get near the thing. She was beside herself. Oh my gosh. It's so funny when you like have an expectation of something, like a reaction that your oh. kid's going to have and then it's the opposite of that. Yes. Like I didn't want to scare her, but yeah. I also kind of wanted to get a picture of her. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I had it not face her. Like I had it walk yeah. the opposite way. But the second it turned on, she like, she wanted no part of it. I sent a video to my brother and I was like, you have scarred my child for life. She hates this toy. Oh, I hope you didn't feel too bad. That's so funny. Well, since then we've made some progress because it has a little like saddle and bridle. And I, I was able to put one of her favorite dolls on it to ride it. So I put it on with the doll riding it. And now she's like slightly curious about it, but like (laughs) from a distance. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. So real quick, just this, when you were talking about Rini sort of like participating in a behavior that she's seen modeled to her, she's like putting things yeah. away from the dishwasher. It reminded me of something that happened the other day that like my husband, Joe, is a very stoic individual. He doesn't, his emotions aren't like blatantly obvious all the time. But the other night, Liam did something that actually made both of us get 
misty. Like we, at the same time, the two of us were like, oh my goodness. So, so Joey got hurt. He like was roughhousing with Emma or something and he got kicked in like just a bad way. And, and so he started crying and he was sitting right next to Liam. And so Joey sort of like leaned forward into his knees and started like, mm-hmm. just started to cry. And Liam puts his hand on Joey's back, pats him, and then hugs him. No! He's 11 months old! I was like, oh, he's so empathetic. Stop. <laughs> sweet little man. <laughs> so sweet. It was so sweet. I just, Joe looked at me and was like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. That's so sweet. It was very sweet. So what I'm going to tell you about today is not quite that sweet. Of course it's not, because the most interesting (laughs) things are terrible. They're not. Yeah, they're not sweet at all. They're always like, what? So what's great about this person and this story is that for all of the crazy things and the things that you'd never actually like say today, there Mm -hmm. were a lot of things that this person did that were actually pretty good. So, you know, she's sort of like, well, well, okay. (laughs) Sort All right. of a, a All creature right. of the time. Um, so today I'm going to tell you about Patricia Cloyd Carter. And for simplicity's sake, I'm probably just going to call her Pat Carter. Because <laughs> it's a big name. So Pat Carter was a mother of nine children in Titusville, Florida. In, when was she born? I didn't write down when she was born, but probably in the 1930s. Okay. I had to guess. So let me tell you a little bit about like who she was, what she did before we get into like the big thing we're going to talk about. So, so some of her accolades include she founded the first free public library in Titusville and it was, it was open to all races in the Jim Crow South, which is huge. Wow. Like she was like, I believe in civil rights. I believe in women's rights. We got to fix this stuff. So she was like, she was a cool woman that way. So far, so good. So far, so good. So she was an an activist for women's education and equal rights. What she's best known for is founding one of the first free birthing groups called the League of Liberated Women. Like if you look her up online, that's what you're going to find about her. And so her free birthing advocacy eventually led her to self-publish this book that she she wrote about her experiences with free birthing and to provide unassisted birthing secrets to people so that like if they wanted to do unassisted birthing in their home, they could do it with her, her tips and tricks. And so the book was called Come Gently, Sweet Lucina. And Lucina is the Roman goddess of childbirth. She published this book in 1957. So just to give you an idea of the the date range, the the big actually published, not self-published book on home births wasn't published until 1977. So she was like really ahead of the curve and really ahead of the time. So let's talk a little bit about Pat and her free birthing practices, principles, beliefs, uh, tips and tricks. Because I feel like this is where things are going to go south. (laughs) Oh, yes. Everything's going to get real (laughs) funky real fast. So all right. So she puts out this book. And it's like a lot of people aren't doing home births in America at that point. It was still pretty big in other parts of the world. But at that point in America, everybody had really shifted towards this 
medicalized birthing experience. In the 40s and 50s, you had gone from no men at all were allowed to participate in birth to all the physicians were men and they were the only ones who were allowed to be involved in birth and no other men could be involved. So like the father couldn't be there. And if you were a physician who delivered babies professionally, but your wife was giving birth, you also weren't allowed to be there. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand these arbitrary rules. I know. And they were laws. Like, you legally couldn't be there. If you were there, you got fined like $150, which was a Why? lot of money then. I know, right? So I read that they felt that it was dangerous for the, the man to be there because... Uh, he might not have the right like temperament to handle the the vigors of the birthing experience and that like they might faint or they might, you know, something could happen. And, and so and there's actually this really famous and sad story of this man in 2005. So like pretty recently who was in the operating room with his wife while she was getting an epidural. And he fainted while she was getting the um, the injection and hit his head on a piece <gasps> of metal falling down and died from the brain injury. My God. So like, right? So like, yeah, maybe. Is that why you can't have your spouse in the room when you get your epidural? I don't know. I mean, I think that rule's been around for longer. So I don't know. Wow. If huh. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I read that and I was like, oh my word, that's terrible. That's sad. So sad. So, okay. So Pat Carter, she had gone through her first three births in the traditional way of the time, which was you go in, you don't have your partner with you, you get yelled at by a lot of people, you get over-medicated, you have a lot of people using tools on you that are super uncomfortable. She um, she had forceps used, which at that <sighs> time were really bad and, and I know. were basically just salad tongs. And uh, she had a lot of ripping in one of her births. And also... Her third daughter, I believe, or her third child, after the delivery, the baby was inadvertently switched with another and she spent <gasps> two days with a different baby. So she was just like over it. After the third baby, she was like, I'm done. This is ridiculous. I'm not doing this anymore. So she committed herself to birthing at home from then on. Wow. So I totally understand. You had a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, I'm just going to do this at home. My body can do it fine. I don't need these doctors to yell at me and drug me and treat me like crap and break my body. So I'm just going to do this at home. So she went on to have six more children completely unassisted, as in she went into a room in her home alone, what? delivered the baby, came back out, like unassisted alone. <laughs> so like no midwife, no, like nothing. no family no. member, nobody alone. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm speechless. Right. And her book, is an outline of what her methods were to achieve this. So get ready. We're about to board the crazy train. <laughs> the crazy train. <laughs> All right. So, so first I should say she was way ahead of her time in many ways in this book. First of all, she believed in rooming in and skin to skin. It was really important to her, like, the mom should stay with the baby and the baby should be, like, physically attached to the mom right after the birth and and be there for you know like some time afterwards and that wasn't the thing that happened like yeah your baby was taken away and then like it stayed with the nurses and you got to like see it occasionally and she also advocated against certain medical interventions like enemas 
episiotomies and pubic shaving. Okay. It's so funny that you said that because when we were talking about the awful things they used to do to women, Mm -hmm. like two minutes ago, I was going to say, didn't they used to shave you? Like how degrading and weird. Yeah. So when you have a C-section, you still have to have that done because you have to, you know, so I have been, I have had my, my pubes shaved by, by three nurses in my day. Um, And it's, yeah, it's pretty awful. It's not a good time, but you know, what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> so I think it, it was probably made worse at that in the, that time oh, yeah. period with the other things that were going on around you. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and oftentimes way back when there were like a lot of people present for the birth who were like learning about birth or like whatever, who were there to like just observe. And so like the birth room for a lot of people was like not a private, pleasant serene place it was just like chaos and awfulness so I get why she didn't like it yeah (laughs) I hear it all right so we've got these few good things that really like make her book you know something that we can look back on and say okay she had some really great ideas and she apparently in this book I can't find a copy of this book anywhere like it's not it was self-published so like Apparently, there are PDF versions of it that float around within free birthing groups. But I, before oh. I finished my research, I wasn't able to find a copy. And I was really bummed because I would like to read it. But apparently, she's like super warm and affable and like like this kooky, crazy friend who you'd love to go out and have a drink with. And I was like, awesome. Great. Okay. So like, yeah, <laughs> she's just a little eccentric. So her whole thing was like, if you are going to do what I do and have an unassisted birth at home, the most critical thing that you must achieve before the baby is born is the lowest birth weight possible. (laughs) So let me tell you how to do that. Oh, so she was saying make the baby small? As small as possible, yes. So that it'll just whoop right out of you. Well, that sounds a little hmm, right? suspect. So so her secret to success was drink and smoke as much as possible during your pregnancy. <gasps> <laughs> and so it was just like she just like chain smoked and drank oh, no. whiskey highballs. Those were like the thing that she she's like whiskey highballs all day, every day. Just like so she She's a really funny woman. Um, Like she was very productive and she did a lot of really wonderful things. So I have a hard time thinking badly of her. Well, I have a question. Uh, Yes. Maybe, I don't know if you know the answer to this. Um, What in 1957, Mm -hmm. did we know that drinking was detrimental? No, not yet. I didn't think so. I remember watching an episode of Mad Men where they were like in the nursery, like smoking and having a cocktail and like... (laughs) Yeah, it's totally normal. So, all right. So her other thing was that she encouraged women to lose weight during pregnancy, as in you take your weight before you get pregnant, you get pregnant, you take your weight right before you give birth to the baby, and you should be like 10 pounds more than what you were when before you were pregnant. And then once you are done delivering all of the stuff, the baby and, you know, everything else... Then you go and weigh yourself again and you should weigh less than you did before you were pregnant. That's insane. Yeah. So she's like, when you get rid of the baby and everything inside of your uterus, you should weigh less. 
So this has helped tremendously by all of the drinking and smoking you're doing because those things, you know, help you lose weight, especially in smoking. She also advocated for the use of laxatives, appetite suppressant pills, and dieting, like extreme dieting. So Great. (laughs) Just nuts. So. And diet pills, like back then and appetite suppressors were like cocaine, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought so. So yeah, yeah, it's just she was uh but man, she delivered six healthy babies at home. <laughs> like all her kids became adults and were Ugh. successful members of society. So oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Very lucky. So very lucky. The other thing that she instructed women to do was to wear boned girdles. No. Yep, to keep a boned girdle on throughout your pregnancy. Because this would do several things. One, it would restrict the baby's movement so that the baby would be in the right position for birth. Okay, that's nutty. Yep. So, like, don't let the baby move. But also, if you kept the girdle on, the baby wouldn't have room to grow more. And so it would stay small. That's not really how that works. I know, right? She's... It's just just bonkers. Pat, Pat, I don't think... That's not how any of this works. So the quote from the book is, I am for a straight up and down girdle as much as possible so as to restrict the baby's romping ground. (laughs) Romping ground? Romping ground. It should also be boned. B-O-N-E-D. Boned up and down the front. This will really stop that little rascal. Oh my God. (laughs) She just sounds like such a kook. (laughs) <laughs> that darn baby, he just I keeps know. growing. So silly. So <laughs> the other thing that she, this one's really funny to me. <laughs> the other thing is that she had this really traumatic birth experience in the hospital where she had all this ripping and tearing. And that's horrible and painful and can lead to like lifelong issues that you need operations for. Like it's not great. Yeah. And so she believed fully that this was because her pelvic floor was too tight that it was like too the muscles were just too tight and that they needed to be looser so she believed that you should let your lady bits go as much as possible the looser the better no keggles for her (laughs) and she so the quote from her is i am for a lazy no account po white trashy perennium perennium (laughs) sorry (laughs) like isn't that funny po white trashy perineum <laughs> okay i like i don't know what to say <laughs> she's just a character she's like your crazy aunt like crazy aunt pat yeah crazy aunt pat <laughs> there are several articles from the titusville times or whatever from because she was like a local legend for like being this woman who just like births her children in her bedroom in her house on her own a reporter would come in the day of the birth and like sit and talk to her and like have highballs. And then she'd be like, excuse me, I have to go have a baby now and like leave and go have the baby and then like come back out. So she would like labor by like just hanging out. And then when she was ready to push, she'd go in the room. Yeah. So she'd be in the room for like, like 20 minutes. That's it. (laughs) Like she'd just like, she'd go through everything, but she'd be so freaking trash, Diane, that like, she'd just kind of sit there and just be like, it was basically like having an epidural. She'd be so drunk that like, right. she couldn't really feel anything. She was right. just like, this is fine. Oh. <laughs> so she'd just get super wasted. 
and then like chat with people and play chess and hang out, do chores and like go have her baby, clean her baby in the bathroom, bring the baby out, put it in its crib and get back to chores. Like, oh, it's her. <laughs> it's crazy. So BRB guys. I hold on. Just got to push his baby out I'll of the body. I'll be right back. <laughs> She's got to push out my loose, poe white trashy <laughs> lady bits. <laughs> so here is this, this like, I don't know, this crazy thing that I found that like initially, like at first blush made me go, oh no. But then when I read why, it was like, okay. Let's... <laughs> so she was against, she was against biracial conception. And I was like, Why? You're like obviously yeah. pro civil rights. So she believed that the reason why mortality rates for black women were so much higher than white women was because black women had smaller hips and therefore were more likely to die during childbirth because of like catastrophic things that would happen to them physically internally. And so she believed that white women because they were designed to, you know, like have bigger hips and therefore give birth to babies with bigger shoulders and bigger heads and whatever, that they could handle a white man's baby. But if a white man impregnated a black woman, that she is more likely to die <laughs> from giving birth to this giant white baby. I mean, I guess consider it, so- but also like not based <laughs> in anything in this reality That's at all. not true at all. Nothing was true like, about it. She was like, this is just what I believe. And so I think that we should protect our black sisters and not let white men impregnate them. And I was like, oh man, she really thinks she's doing the right thing. Yeah, but... Mm. Yeah, Pat, go have another whiskey. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. So as I said, she started heavy drinking during labor. But the reason why she said that you needed to drink so much during labor was not to handle the pain, but because the alcohol would directly provide energy to your uterus. Okay, that (laughs) really makes no sense. Right? She was like, the alcohol just gives your uterus the energy that it needs to like push out the baby. So she wasn't like, I'm drinking to like manage my own pain. Like that would make sense to me. She was like, no, no, no. It's because your uterus like gains energy from the alcohol. Okay. All right. So- <laughs> oh, oh my, my goodness. God. So she was known to continue with like chores or whatever she was doing, drinking, hanging out, chatting with people. 10 minutes before the baby actually came out, like up to 10 minutes before the baby came out. And like right around that point, she would apply fresh makeup, pour herself another drink, excuse herself to her private room so that she could go catch her baby. And that's what she goes. She was like, I'm going to go catch my baby. <laughs> like, so like not push it out. I'm just no, gonna, it, like just stand fly and, right out. Yep. It's just because it's like four pounds. <laughs> It's like the little. It's four thing pounds, ever. and she's already given birth three times. So, yeah. like the combination of that. Yeah, and she's got the the loosest perineum on the well, planet. Yeah, I mean, so, like, I mean, do they just drop out? Like? <laughs> just, so yeah, and then within an hour, she was back serving meals, doing chores, like just back to momming immediately. There, there's a story that like the person who helped her with her home, like helped her keep house. She was so, the word they used is excited, but I think they mean that in like the other, like, 
like excitable. Like she was so high strung from like this woman's going into labor and there's a baby and oh my goodness. And she was just so high strung about everything that was going on that she was like, you go home, take the day off. I'll take care of the rest of the stuff in the house as soon as I'm done having this baby. (laughs) (laughs) So like she went and had the baby and just, she's like partly like a nightmare and partly like my hero. Like a superhero, right? It's amazing. And like she had nine children. They all were fine. Just did their things. I'm going to see if I can find some of her good quotes. Yeah. Yeah. I want some more. So oh, this is a this is a quote from uh, one of the articles that is let's see I forget who wrote it but somebody local in her area she showed absolutely no signs of fear or concern in fact about ten minutes before the baby was born she interrupted our conversation about the best ways of preparing Italian spaghetti to apply <laughs> some fresh makeup to her face Mrs Carter wanted to be looking neat and pretty and indeed she did when the baby came and ten minutes later with a cigarette and highball in hand. <laughs> so like she's having contractions and like yeah oh also she was married to a man who's like 30 years older than her okay so i was actually gonna ask like what's going on with the husband yeah so he he was a a real estate agent essentially but when her last baby was born i think he was like 75 wow he was a lot older than she was so mrs carter expects her eighth baby in april as usual she plans to deliver it herself The dark-haired, blue-eyed woman, now past 40, has brought five of her children into the world unattended. (laughs) Like, I love that that's, like, it's really important that we describe her physically that way. Right. Yes. (laughs) So, let's see. Mrs. Carter put aside her household chores for an hour today while she gave birth to a daughter, her sixth child born, without a doctor in attendance. She got up immediately to tie the umbilical cord and bathe and dress the baby. When the child was asleep... She went into the living room to dust furniture. (laughs) It's just, I love it. I know that there are people do home births all the time, but usually with a midwife present, like she is so lucky that she never had any complications. I know. It's it's just. (laughs) All right. So this is for her last baby, I believe. Okay. Or no, this is August 20th, 1956. So she wrote the book after all of her babies were born. So Mrs. Carter sipped several highballs, then delivered her seventh child unassisted at 1.20 this morning. At 9 a.m., she was back at work in her husband's real estate office with her six-pound son by her side. So six pounds, okay. All right. (laughs) The birth took place while her three-year-old son and infant daughter slept in a bed a few feet away. It's the way nature intended babies to be born, explains Mrs. Carter. An attractive housewife in her early 40s. An attractive housewife. And it's a wonderful experience, she says. The slim, brown-haired woman is a strong believer in natural childbirth and has written several articles on it. I love how we describe women in the 1950s. I know. It's really funny. I know. Although, like, when you read some articles today, like, not much has changed. I know. It's true. So her husband... Oh, man, this is so funny. Yeah, so Mrs. Carter, who normally weighs 102 pounds, said she allows herself to gain only five pounds in pregnancy. Her husband, a 72-year-old retired Army general from Louisville, Kentucky, beamed proudly after being awakened and told the news. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real article. (laughs) I love it so much. I just love it so much. But yeah, so her children were... She had all of her children 
within 19 years. So nine children in 19 years. It's intense. <laughs> so it's like so much childbirth. It is. It's a lot of childbirth. No wonder <laughs> they just fell out of her. Holy yeah, moly. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, whoa. <laughs> and all of her kids are just like, looked great. Like healthy, happy, yeah. <laughs> normal. Well, I mean, <laughs> I I will raise a glass right? to her. I know. <laughs> because clearly. She was raising them. I mean, clearly she was doing something right for I her. <laughs> I mean, we would never, ever, ever in a million years tell anybody to do any of these no. things these days. She just, she, <laughs> she just made it work for her in her life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she found something that worked for her, and then she decided she was going to write a book about it and self-publish it. Like this, this woman was like actually ahead of her time. She was like, "I'm just going to publish yeah, this myself. Was. This is fine." <laughs> I can't believe I've never heard of her. There's no Wikipedia article on her. Like, she's hard to find information about. Like, I have to find this book now. I must find a copy of yeah, it. Yeah. You have to find a copy. I'll see if I can find it. If I do find a PDF, I will figure out how to get it onto our website so that other people can read it because it's just... Yes. Excellent. So, yeah, that's all the information I have about her. It's uh, it's not a ton of stuff, but, like, I'll, I'll, that I know. Great. I'll post all of the pictures of, there are a ton of pictures of her, like, sipping whiskey and, like, lounging on, on a settee or whatever, you know, like, yes. birth. Ugh. Thank you so much for sharing this. It was Good. fabulous. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yes, I did. I really enjoyed this. We just discovered that we have 500 downloads on our podcast. Woo! We are so proud. Thank yeah. you to everybody who listens and tells other people about the show. We're super happy about it. And we want to celebrate. And so if you go to our Apple page, where to our, you know, the podcast page in Apple Podcasts, and rate and review the show, and then send us a, a screenshot showing that you you know, rated and reviewed it, we'll enter you into a raffle for some really cool, fun stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll send you some, send you some things. We'll make sure that, that it's properly, whatchamacallit, disinfected before we send it to you. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> but we'll send you some, we'll send you some cool stuff as a thank you for, for helping us out with the review, because that's, that's a big part of getting big in podcast land <laughs> before you leave your review do they send a screenshot to our email what's the best way to do oh, it oh yeah um so so before you hit complete or send or whatever it is on the review just take a quick screenshot and then just uh just send it to our email which is opdwpodcast at gmail.com and we love emails all the time about all different things you can always drop us a line about your mom moments your dad moments your caregiver moments and any topics that you're just dying for us to cover. We're happy to, uh, to hear them out mm -hmm. and get researching on your behalf to provide you with more hilarity. <laughs> Absolutely. Diane, who is, uh, who's really killing it on our social media. She's got, uh, she's got us on Instagram and on Facebook and you can find us, um, and, and on Twitter, not as, not as big on not Twitter. Not quite but... as active. We're working on it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, at OPDW podcast is how you find us on those things. And our music is by, uh, Theo Rosenberg. So thank you, Theo. Thanks, Theo. 
Until next time. Don't wear a girdle during pregnancy, boned or otherwise.